0: What is we
1: should hit do you think we'll hit 100 before the year's over well how many <laughs> i don't know okay so hold on let me I'm, let me see i'm very bad at math but let me see okay 100 <laughs> minus 82 is 18 right so 18 are weeks are there are there 18 weeks left in the year i think there are i think there are dude we're going to hit did.
0: it i think we're going to hit it yeah. can you fucking believe that that's amazing Let's
1: see. Yes, and and apologies to our loyal listeners. The episodes haven't gotten any better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the same old asinine bullshit since day one, dude. No, but
0: but I mean, if you listen to the the first couple of episodes we did together, we we're fucking on on uh, on skates, man. We're the flow was all like a little off, and now it's like, man. We're oh, guys! Good. Uh,
1: my first episode with Sean. I way overdid it on the, on the preparation. <laughs> like did. I try to prepare for every episode, but the first episode we did, I did with Sean. Uh, I did. I tried to do background on every MMA <laughs> fighter that was fighting that weekend on UFC and Bellator. Like I was talking about when they took. Uh, judo when they were five years old. I was talking about like their, some fighter's tennis career and how it might help with their footwork. I was, I was on one on that episode. That episode, if you, if you guys are willing to go all the way back, that shit was like 90 minutes long. <laughs>
0: yeah. But dude, that, I mean, shit, look how far we've come. We're
1: 80, 80- too deep now that's fucking cool man yeah now i don't give a fuck how much yeah. tennis you used to play back when you were five <laughs> years old buddy <laughs> Tell, show me how much hands you got show me your arm bar attempts yeah <laughs> but how's uh you uh you, we were talking before uh we went on here and started recording sean but how's how's training been feeling for you i know you're bouncing back from a something of a cold something of a respiratory thing
0: huh yeah so i mean i had like a mild lung infection had to stop smoking pot had to stop drinking coffee all the great stuff i used to do couldn't drink which anymore. was worse
1: for you stopping the pot or stopping the caffeine
0: well i didn't thing? really stop the pot because i just started eating <laughs> edibles but
1: uh, <laughs> you just <laughs> you, you're just saying i had to stop the pot because that's what my doctor told me yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I just, just had to stop smoking lungs, it i just had saying. to stop
0: smoking it so it was
1: okay, like okay okay and I actually haven't gone back
0: because i kind of like it like i kind of like
1: not yeah, smoking I'm, pot okay yeah you uh uh, edibles, what you take gummies. Yeah, what, there's like it. some
0: fucking gummies that Steezy makes. Shout out to Steezy. Can you guys sponsor us, please? God damn it. <laughs> um there's a there's a club over down the street from my house and they turned into a Steezy cannabis club. It used to be something else, and I think Steezy's just taking over at this point. If you guys don't know, just look it up on Instagram. They're they're huge all over the city. But uh training was good. I, I just you know I, I went in there, oh uh, mind you. My, you know, both my kids are taking jujitsu now and today was my first time, co- um, kind of coaching, like
1: oh, I, coaching your sons.
0: Well, not only that, it's just more, more like I was helping Travis out at Jiu Jitsu because, you know, there are a lot of kids there and, um, I put on a gi for the first time in like years, you know, cause oh it, the God. kids do gi stuff and, uh, for me it was kind of surreal because I've never really coached or I've never really taught anything. I, I mean, I've done like drop-ins at some schools back in the day and, you know, they, they asked me to go teach something, but for the most part, this, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Like seeing the kids develop and, um, uh, yeah. And and, and after that I stuck around for the class and, uh, you know, I took it light, not really, but, um, kind of went hard and I am fucking dying like my body is uh-huh. uh, kind of getting Dude. used to it again, and it's yeah, only been a week and a half. Like- <laughs> it's only been a week and a half.
1: What were you? were, you, what were, what were you saying earlier? It's like my my body's telling me no, yeah, it but is. my mind, my mind's telling me to train. Like I, know, my mind is now telling me it was a big mistake. I should have yeah. stayed home and rested. <laughs>
0: my mind was like attack, 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 but then my body was like fuck off, forget it. <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking lay and pray. <laughs> Dude, you went to go see Zilla, one of my fucking favorite yeah, fighters. Yeah, last
1: weekend. Shout out to Wooden Man Muay Thai downtown in San Francisco. They hosted Lerdzilla, uh, also known as a what they call it, a, the s- Sneaky Snake on a skateboard. He has some. <laughs> he has some number of these <laughs> nicknames, but really tricky style of Muay Thai that's really custom made for him, his build, his particular mindset, and it was really cool, kind of listening to. Him talk about his personal approach to how to score in Muay Thai, the kind of things he likes to do because of him usually being the shorter guy in whichever match matchup he's in. So he's very, very uh, a quick style, bouncy uh, counter fighter. He likes to pick up on his opponent's patterns and then break them and throw something unpredictable. So he shared his approach, his techniques so fantastic, uh, seminar. If you guys get a chance and Lerdzilla is in your town. Um, I do highly recommend it. Uh, so I'm definitely stealing some of his stuff and mm-hmm. trying to add it to my game. Nice. So, so it then again, thank you to Lerdzilla. Thank you to John on from, uh, Wooden Man Muay Thai for hosting. It was a really good time. I'll tell you, man, I'm out of shape because it was about a two and a half to three hour long seminar and about Wow. 90 minutes in hour, half in. I was just, I was gassed, man. (laughs) I was just like, I am out of shape. I might have to take up jogging again, (laughs) but fuck that. (laughs) Yeah. For real. But it was, it was, it was fun stuff. And it was, it's been fun sharing with my, uh, my, my fighters over at Omega martial arts and sharing with the students over at golden pizza, Muay Thai, uh, some of the techniques, uh, Some of it transfers, transfers over to the Hapkido approach as well. Mm. So I've been sharing some of the, the tricky misdirection stuff that Lerdzilla does, um, with the Hapkido kids over at Hapkido USA. So it's, it's always fun going to a seminar. If you pick up one thing that's always money well, that's money well spent. But if you can pick up like a handful of things and it all connects and you feel like it applies to what you're already doing. That just makes it sweeter. And what makes it kind of cool is that he kind of reminded me of certain things that I, I already do, but sometimes I wonder, am I doing this? Am I right to think this way? Am I right to do things in this way? Yeah. And it's kind of cool to have somebody like him to show what he does and it kind of matches something that, you, that comes naturally to you. So it makes you feel like, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm not completely insane thinking I should do techniques a certain way like this. So, so that was fun. And it was, it was reassuring. It made me feel good about myself. Was there a lot of people? Oh man, they packed the place. Wow. They packed the place. So, um, so it was a good, it was a good time. Good story. And also Ludzilla good, brings good energy throughout the whole three hours, like high energy presentation, high energy teaching, uh, tells great stories about his fight career. Um, He's friends with a number of the fighters over at, on's gym, actually. Wow. So shout out to Ethan, shout out to Nestor. Now he shared some stories um that he had with about Nestor. But if you want to know those stories, you gotta ask them yourself, guys. Yeah. I'm not gonna retell it here. I won't, I won't do it justice. But uh really good time. So I really enjoyed that. Um, in terms of my training in jiu-jitsu, I, I haven't been able to do jujitsu this week yet, but tomorrow at uh Kohaldo Brazil Jiu-Jitsu, I'll be substitute teaching for the 11 a.m. class because Professor Mateus, he's out of town. He's on vacation. So I'll be going over lapel guard, Sean. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't know anything about that because you're mostly a no-gi guy. But uh, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, lapel guard is in, it's kind of on the edge of being semi-controversial in jujitsu because it's definitely more sports jujitsu based. If you're a no-gi guy or if you're more into MMA, you'll kind of look at lapel guard tactics and kind of just think to yourself, what good is this stuff? Um, it's, Very important it though. Looks, yeah. Learning how to use clothing mm-hmm. is, is important to, to your advantage in certain yep. situations. What if the self-defense situation does come up, uh, but it, it does kind of, walk that edge in terms of being something that's really sports specific, as opposed to being completely applicable for a lot of, uh, fighting situations, if you know what I mean. Can I ask you a so question? I'm excited about that. What's up? <laughs> so I saw something, uh, I saw something on the internet
0: about Hoist Gracie, the legend Hoist Gracie saying that jiu-jitsu nowadays has strayed away from the self defense aspect.
1: Yeah. I, I, I saw that article. I think he, I think he pointed out like jujitsu gyms. And I think he was also specific about MMA gyms in mm. general as well. Uh, yeah. Like, what, what did you think about that?
0: I, you know, I kind of get it because, you know, a lot of the stuff, uh, especially in the, within the last uh, five to seven years, you know, the leg lock game is really developed and in self-defense, it's like, uh, does that really work or does that uh, translate over in, So I kind of see that. I mean, I know that, you know, Jiu Jitsu as a, as a sport has evolved a lot, especially with, you know, the, the, the Danaher death squad and like B team and all that stuff. So, I I mean, I can see where he's coming from, but at the same time, I think it's all in the way the practitioner takes it, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, I'll say this. I think the, the point that he might be making is that when you're training in jujitsu initially, you're thinking about like, how could I use this to protect myself in an actual fight? Yeah. And then as you start training, especially in modern jujitsu, you walk into most jujitsu gyms these days, a majority of the training is for you to go up against other jujitsu guys. Very true. Do you know what I'm saying, Sean? Yeah. Like, uh, like out on the street, you probably wouldn't purposely Try to Imanari roll and then (laughs) and then transition to a 50-50 leg entanglement and then like pop up into a leg drag. I mean, maybe you could, but that's not really what you would focus on if your real purpose in learning a martial art was to survive and win like a fight encounter out on the streets. Yeah. So I think maybe that's one of the things that happens in most martial arts that has a heavy sportive aspect to it. Um, Very true it's kind of interesting uh, because it kind of comes up in the book that I'm reading by Robert, Robert Drysdale, the rise and evolution of Brazilian Ah, Jiu-Jitsu. I've mentioned that before. Um, He talks about that evolution, how, you know, things with Jiu-Jitsu started with the martial aspect, meaning, you know, the fighting part of it, will this work in a fight? And, but the explosion happened in terms of the growth of Jiu-Jitsu when this sportive aspect of it, started being developed. So in a way you need that sportive part of it for an art to grow and to innovate. But as part of that innovation, sometimes it grows away from the origins of what made that art effective perhaps. Um, And I think a lot of martial arts go through that struggle have gone through that struggle in the past. And maybe we're seeing that right now with jujitsu in a way. Uh so it'd be interesting. I'd be interested to hear what our listeners think about it. You guys could hit me up on Hopkey One. Yep. Let me know. Um I think one of my friends he pointed out like, you know, he got into jujitsu for self-defense. Yeah. But he stayed in it because of the sportive aspect of it. Mm. You know, so the fact that there's competitions or the fact that you could, you know, you're always rolling against other jujitsu people in the gym and you guys are trying to play human body chess with each other, even though these are moves maybe you wouldn't use in a fight, that aspect of it, uh, has a big, uh, um, big draw and it's what can kind of keeps people on the mat. So, I mean, there are pluses and minuses to it. So, and I think we're, we're seeing, um kind of uh, the struggle between the two as the art grows and continues to evolve. Yeah. Fair
0: point. But, fair point.
1: But, you know, like, you know, like at the same time, it's also like. I understand Hoyce's Hoyce's point. Um, I think also. It's hard sometimes listening to old the old heads talk, though, because sometimes old heads can kind of just sound like the get off my lawn True, type of people too. True. so so i but i don't think it's purely coming from a hating on the new game type of thing with hoist i think it's more of just like what you were talking about sean where it, like the origins is from the fighting aspect of it and does the modern game apply to that origin so, yeah, yeah. so we'll see, you know, keep, keep training guys. Keep figuring it out. Yep. <laughs> and then you too will design your own martial art that will be applied. <laughs>
0: there you go.
1: Uh, did you watch the fights last week, dude? I did. And you knew fight did. night. All right. So let, let's run through it just real fast or not real fast. Let's, let's go into it. Uh, UC fight night returned to London. Okay. At the OT arena headlined by the heavyweights, Tom Aspinall versus Say the last name for me, Sean. Marcin Tibura, Tibura, Tibura. yeah. Mar- Marcin Tibura. <laughs> Tom Aspinall gets the TKO in round one. I mean, like the, the the hand speed on Aspinall as a heavyweight and the accuracy he has, man, it's pretty pretty eye-opening, Sean. Uh, like, what did you think?
0: I really like this footwork. You know, like people said that, mm. Uh, he moves around like a lightweight. I don't, yeah, fucking right. But uh, you know, he showed. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. Yeah, he showed a lot of skill. He showed a lot of uh, patience as well. Uh, he did get into a small firefight with Marcin, uh Taibura, but you know, th- this type of performance, you know, it doesn't like. I know a lot of people loved it. He got performance of the night and whatnot. They think he's like the next big thing, but it didn't really show me anything, to be honest. I mean, he was, mm. you know, he was injured for, you know reconstructive knee surgery and, um, even prior to that, you know, like his fights weren't very, weren't very long. So it's like, we really haven't seen the full potential of Tom Aspinall and I'm not ready to, to jump on the whole Tom Aspinall versus John Jones, or he gets the next title shot or whatnot. Mm. Even he said at the end of the fight that, you know, he wants to f- possibly fight Cyril gone, which is I think is a great fight because that'd be interesting. It would, because it would really test the striking. His, we all know his jujitsu is really good. So, um, I think that would be an amazing fight. What did you think?
1: Well, I thought, you know, like I never, the way you pointed it, that was a good point you made, Sean, about the fact that, you know, in his past performances, even the great performances, you just didn't really see a lot. So you get curious about, okay, is he just a front runner? Like what would he, how would he perform when he's really struggling, when someone is putting him in trouble? Mm -hmm. Uh, That something that I would be curious about, but I also think that's not really something that's really Aspinall's fault. If he's smoking yeah. these opponents of his, then it's really on his opponents to put it on him to really True. bring that challenge. Uh, I did like the hand speed, like I mentioned before. I like the accuracy, the use of his length. So I'm kind of curious though, how he would do against some of the heavy hitters at heavyweight with that hand speed, because right now, outside of Cyril Gaon, you don't really see other heavyweights that move like Aspinall. Sure. Um, I like that call that you said with uh, Aspinall versus Cyril Gaon as a possibility. Um, sign me up for that. I'd be very curious to see how that goes. Uh, and I would be curious to see again, like if Aspinall ever reaches John Jones, <laughs> how he would deal with someone who's as tricky in the clinch and as dominant on the ground as John Jones is. So it, it, it's, it, it adds a nice little uh, spice to the heavyweight division in the UFC. Um, so welcome back, Tom Aspinall on a good good showing. Um, and he got a performance of the might, night, don't? Yeah, I mean, sh- shit, man. He'd like, yeah. he put him on him. He put yeah. it on him. He did put him on. Now I'm going to give myself a shut up white (laughs) belt moment on the co-main event, women's flyweight bout Molly meatball McCann versus Yulia Stolyarenko. Uh, You and I both did say that Stolyarenko's legit, but we kind of thought that this was going to be a fight that was set up for Molly McCann to look good. And I was basing this on like, you know, past viewing both of their fights from the past and looking at their numbers, not thinking that like Stolyarenko had that much to offer in terms of a danger of Molly McCann, but Stolia Renko showed that she's got a ground game arm bars Molly McCann and, and just reminds everyone that Molly McCann struggles in the grappling, (laughs) just struggles in the grappling as an MMA fighter, Sean.
0: I also heard that Julia's coming down a weight class as well. Like I think she used to fight at 35. Mm. Um, they also mentioned that she was a Hodger Gracie black belt, which is wow. really tough. Cause I hear Hodger Gracie doesn't hand those out very often, especially, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I didn't even know he had a gym out there for God's sakes. Um, Molly McCann. Oh like, yeah. In
1: London. It's nice too. <laughs>
0: like you could see the size difference too, man. Molly McCann is just really undersized for this weight class. And Julia was just, you know, she looks actually good at this weight class. And mm-hmm. apparently she's been finishing women left and right with this arm bar so i don't know how the fuck i missed that
1: yeah i don't i don't see how i missed that i, I know her previous win was also by arm bar as well yeah uh, but i didn't know this was like a, a, just a thing of hers so <sighs> I, do, I totally gapped on that my bad uh you know after this performance molly mccann has admitted that you know she's gonna go down in weight to <laughs> to straw weight sean and you and I joked as, oh, that means like maybe it means like she's going to start taking her training more seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe start training some grappling because this is the second time where, you know, the grappling is really undone Molly McCann. And, uh, you know, I know like UFC, especially in the London and Europe market have been trying banking on trying to make her a star and it's just yeah. being derailed right here. Um, so we'll see how she does. As she looks forward to moving down in weight, uh, any other fights on this card that you you wanted to shout out, Sean? That you looked that you enjoyed?
0: Yeah, there, I mean the Nathaniel Wood uh, Andre Philly fight. That was a pretty good fight. Uh, you Nathan- called
1: that one, by the way. Yeah,
0: Nathaniel Wood going up a weight class as well. He looked really good. Uh, could have gone either way. Uh, the how, Paul- about, how,
1: how about that middleweight fight? Paul Craig yeah. versus Andre Munoz? Paul Craig getting the TKO. In the second round, just good old fashioned takedown, pass the guard, mount, and just raining down elbows to get the stoppage. Uh, Paul Craig looking pretty good. He also got awarded a performance of the night for that one, Sean. You know, he did look
0: good. Uh, You know, in past performances, uh, maybe it was the length of his opponent or just the weight class in general. You know, light heavyweight being such a big, uh, such big guys over there. He looked really good. At middleweight, and he wasn't really throwing like he used to, like before he used to throw kind of hard and kind of go off balance and almost Mm force the takedown. But this time he walked in confident. You see that freaking intro where he stepped into the middle of the cage and was just staring at fucking Andre Mooney's. That was so fucking cold.
1: Well, they had, they had a pretty heated stare down at the ceremonial weigh-ins the day before as well.
0: But Paul Craig looks dialed. He looked dialed in that night. And, uh, you know, Andre Mooney is not a fucking punk. He took it to him, even landed a couple shots too. And, you know, Paul Craig calling out, was it Bo Nickel? Is that who Bo he's calling Nickel. out? Yeah. That's a
1: great yeah. fight. What, what do you think of that? Because, you know, obviously Paul Craig not afraid of grappling with anybody in the middleweight division. Bo Nickel, a top-notch wrestler, um, but also very explosive. True. You know, does Paul can Paul Craig's technical grappling brilliance deal with Bo Nickel's um Athletic wrestling—that's that's a question that I think needs to be answered. You know, and uh, yeah. I'd be, I'd sign up to watch that.
0: You know, I think the the big question will be is you know Paul greg Paul Craig's has a ton of experience. He's on many fights, so I think that will probably be the 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 maybe the deciding factor. But then again, bo Nickel is just such a talent, and he's so explosive, like you said. I think it would be a great fight.
1: Any other fights that, on this card that you wanted to uh, point out, something you saw that you liked, Sean?
0: You know, it, I was really hoping that Josh Kulabau, Josh Kuya Kulabau was going to win against Laurent Murphy. But, you know, he looked like he gassed out in that second, in the middle of that second round. And, mm. you know, I was really cheering for our Filipino
1: brother to do it. But uh, I think he's so going to learn. Guys, just so you know, Sean's going to stop <laughs> claiming him as his cousin just because he nah, lost.
0: He, I mean, if he would have <laughs> lost like three in a row, then I'm, I'm, I'm not claiming him anymore. But he, you know, he <laughs> yeah, lost a tough fight a row, and he's going to learn a lot from this fight.
1: So uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens next time. All right. So that was last week's UFC Fight Night, guys. Uh, yeah. This weekend, we got a couple of events uh, for MMA and also for boxing but you know we're not really a boxing podcast we're going to focus on MMA here but uh you'll see why we're talking about that now but let's talk about the MMA first UFC 291 headline lightweights between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje uh Dustin Poirier opening as a minus 145 favorite Ga- Gaethje a plus 125 underdog this is a gimmick fight in the sense that it's for the bmf belt it's not real it's not really it's not a real title guys but it's one of those gimmick things they're gonna do um whatever you don't (laughs) need that title belt to make me sign up to watch this one because it's going to be a a firefight i feel how do you see this fight unfolding sean
0: man i got a lot of mixed answers i was asking around at the gym uh you know who who people were picking and you know shout out to my dude uh Chad Bailey one of the resident black belts at Magala Jiu-Jitsu and you know he thinks that just, uh, Justin Gage he's going to be able to uh kind of take control this time you know he was mentioning that last fight uh he Justin Gage was da- uh landing those leg kicks and it wasn't looking good for Poirier uh, mm. up until that, I think it was a fourth round, I believe when, uh, when Justin got stopped, but don't quote me on that, but you know, I yeah. think, you know, Dustin Poirier's boxing is just so damn good. But if Justin Gaethje were to kind of include a little bit of grappling, even though he never does, mm. I think I'm going to go with Gaethje this time,
1: man. You're going know, to go Gaethje? Yeah. I think okay. he stops
0: him, man. I think, he, I think Gaethje stops him. I'm
1: going go with Poirier. And I think it's, it's going to come down to the hand combinations, the different angles. And I think learning from the previous fight, dealing with the leg kicks of Gaethje and just not letting him launch off off of that, because you're right in that fight, like Justin was hurting Dustin with those leg kicks. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna count on Poirier uh, being able to nullify that with his movement away from the power kicks. And I'm gonna, count on Gechi not using any wrestling because <laughs> history shows he's not doing yeah, that it doesn't do it. um but i think it's going to be like a three r- it's it's a five round fight but it's not going to go past three rounds no i feel like someone's just the way both of these guys fight just pain's going to be dealt early on uh neither of them are really known for strike defense encounters. Although Poirier is much better at it yeah, than Gagey is. I feel. I agree. Um, so I'm going to go with Poirier, um, if the finish in the third round, um, bet. bet. all right. So light heavyweight bet. co-main event, uh, Jan Blachowicz, former light heavyweight champion welcomes former middleweight champion, Alex Pereira Fuck. to the middle, to the light heavyweight division. This is an interesting one. The odds, uh, Blachowicz opening as, yeah, opening as a minus 120. Pereira opening as a minus 110. Kind of flip a coin. Doesn't pay off to really bet on either of these guys. Uh, So what do you think? I mean, both of these guys, both both mainly striking heavy. uh, Blakovich once in a while will go for a takedown, but it's not really what he he's known for Blakovich has kind of like a stuttery striking rhythm that can be hard to decipher. Pereira has a left hook that can just turn the lights out on half the continent. If he lands it on you, what do you think? You know, I, I know that Jan, he, you know, he's one of the,
0: he fought Israel Adesanya, which is probably the most similar type of fighter that, you know that can match up to Alex Pereira. Obviously, um, Jan is really good at checking kicks. If you noticed, I mean, mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, I think he, sh- if he wants to win this fight, he's going to have to weather the storm on the feet and eventually take uh, Alex down and and kind of mm-hmm. test his his groundwork and his ground game. Alex Pereira, you know, he's going to probably try to pick apart pick Yon apart from the outside. Who knows who's gonna who's gonna like initiate. Uh, a lot of the the clinch grappling or the the clinch the clinch uh, fighting. So, you know, I'm going to go with Yan if he can get the. I mean, if he can get that takedown, if he can keep him down. Um, I think this could probably go to a unanimous decision. I don't know if uh, there's a stoppage in mind over here. I mean, if there's mm-hmm. going to be a stoppage, I think it's going to be Alex Pereira probably knocking mm-hmm. him out. But I just don't see. Um, Especially with Jan's championship pedigree and his experience, I just don't see Alex Pereira uh, being able to uh, handle the the jump in weight and for Jan to be on top of him if he gets him down. Mm-hmm. I just don't see Jan. I don't. I don't see Alex getting up if he gets put
1: down. I wonder like if the opening frame of this fight, like the first m- two minutes, it's going to tell a lot in it terms will. of what the strategy will be, because Pereira, if you look at his past fights, he has a very high stance, like he t- he stands super tall, almost yeah. to the point where he's trying to punch down on his opponent, get the maximum power possible. If he stands really tall and Blakovich doesn't like at least start thinking about shooting in for the legs and getting down there uh then maybe Blachovic might be giving too much respect to Pereira's power. Yeah. Even though Pereira's co- going up to light heavyweight up to uh Jan's division, I'm curious whether Blachovic is kind of cu- is uh cautious of Pereira's power at all. So I mean the first 2 minutes I think of this fight is going to say a lot about yeah. how the rest of it goes. Um I'm going to go with I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Blachovic. It's his division. Um but one of the things I will say is that Pereira doesn't really have anything to lose don't. coming up into going up in weight. You know, he was a former middleweight champion. Uh, I think he's going to be fighting kind of free people like that are pretty dangerous to fight. Agreed. So, uh, so I'm curious, I'm, I'm excited for that. Who do you think uh, weighs more? Who do you think weighs more on fight night? I think blakovich, but not by a lot. Okay. I don't think by a lot. I know Pereira is huge. She was a huge middleweight. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I think Bukovac. Uh, just thicker frame. Um. But what about you?
0: I think Jan probably will be much bigger. I think, you know, this is two hundred five. I think he'll probably come in at like two fifteen, almost like two twenty as, and then Alex will come in just a little bit under, maybe like two ten. Oh, okay. It's pretty light. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I mean, I was watching the countdown and the, uh, the embedded episodes and Alex is, he's eating whatever the fuck he wants. He was eating like Glover's fucking food and shit. So I mean, he was eating steak, picanha fucking shit. Good God damn. Him. Good for him.
1: Live, huh? live your life, buddy. Uh, let's run through the rest of the main card real fast, just because it's, ex- it is exciting main card and Walter weight, uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus yeah. Michelle Pereira. Uh, Thompson opening as a minus 165 favorite versus the younger uh Pereira who's opening at a plus 140 underdog. Uh I'm rooting for Steven Thompson. The style that he uses to fight is yeah. the rhythm and the style that I first learned how to spar when I was in a teenager in Hapkido. It was kind of that. So that's kind of style, that kind of rhythm, something super familiar to me. But that style also doesn't really age very well because no. it relies on reflexes and quickness. Uh again, like Thompson is the older fighter here. Pereira is an athletic heavy hitter. Who do you got for this one?
0: I'm going to go with Steven Thompson. I think he's going to keep him at range. Well, Michelle Pereira is going to be, you know, super explosive, but he's actually calmed it down. I think he's on a five fight winning streak at this point, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But this could either be, an Exciting matchup, or it could just be a point fighting matchup in my eyes. So, uh, both of them, you know, they don't really grapple too much. And mm-hmm. you know, Steven Thompson's been, uh, you know, he's been training with uh Ray Longo over there, uh, law MMA over there. So, it's you know, he's obviously been working his grappling, but I don't know, I don't see any fucking grappling happening at all. But, um, I'm gonna go with Thompson, I think he's gonna get the decision. And, uh, you know, number seven versus number 15. I don't know where he goes from there.
1: Yeah, I think if he, I agree with you, as long as he doesn't get into a punching match with Pereira, yeah, uh, Steven, if Steven Thompson can keep it just like ones and twos with the punching and long kicks, then I think he should be able to get a decision. What do you think about the lightweight fight between Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green? Bobby Green, a minus 375 favorite. Wow. Tony Ferguson on a plus 285. It's not um, a bad bet. As an underdog, he's uh, on a losing streak. Real fast, who you got? <sighs> I don't know, man. He doesn't, man. Like he the... doesn't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, I would say Bobby Green. Uh, Bobby Green's like super slick on his feet. Uh, Tony Ferguson's super tough, but when you look at the way he moves, it just doesn't, uh, he, he's lost something, yeah. you know, and it's just, he and he's also older and a lightweight and at the lightweight division, you know, like age is your enemy in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm going to go with Bobby Green. If I had to make a
0: choice, just for sport, I'm going to go with Tony. I say Tony gets him. In, I think he darces him. Let's just say that.
1: All right. He, you know, he's, he's got the skills to do it. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, see. Who else? Are you looking forward to on this card, Sean?
0: You know, Michael Chiesa, he's fighting uh, Kevin Holland. That should be a good fight. You know, Kevin Holland kind of back with his old coaches. Not sure if that's a good thing because I saw some of the training that they've been doing and the coach doesn't really look very uh, knowledgeable. I mean, I'm not hating, but, you know, Michael Chiesa (laughs) is a veteran. He is, you know, he is a black belt. They're both black belts, but I I feel like Michael Chiesa has had a little bit more of the marquee wins rather than Kevin Holland having those flash kind of like knockouts and 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 really put through the grinder so i think michael key has a grinds out a decision all right
1: okay how do you, who do you have for that uh, on the prelims the heavyweight oh, return of uh, Derek lewis uh, fighting uh, marcos Rogerio de lima uh, Derek lewis opening as a plus 155 underdog uh, de lima a minus 180 favorite right here you think Derek Lewis could get back on track with this? You know,
0: I don't think so, man. I I feel like Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. I think he's, he's smart. I think he's, he's, you know, the recipe's out on how to beat Derek Lewis.
1: Yeah. Just don't get into a firefight with him.
0: Yeah. Just don't get into a firefight with him and stay out of his range. And, you know, Derek Lewis, it sucks because his Instagram, I heard it got, uh, he got cut because, you know, some of the content that he was putting out. So we haven't really seen too much of him on social media. But um, if Derek well, he Lewis, was just reposting other people's shit anyway, but it was so it was good, a good time. Good because, it it, good yeah, time.
1: but it, you know what? Be fucking original. It's, I like, know, right? like, it's a good, yeah, good. Like suspend his shit until he puts up original <laughs> shit, Derek. We want to see your training tactics. Stop reposting bullshit.
0: But God, I really <laughs> want to see him win a fight. I want to see the vintage Derek Lewis, that fucking comes out of nowhere and just knocks the motherfucker around. Does that whole like block oh, pose man. that it's he does? So, at it the end. is
1: scary when he does make those the connections. When he, makes, conne- when hands, he connects, yeah, just, man, it is frightening. Well, guys, that's this weekend, UFC two ninety one. But also this weekend is a cross promotional show, Bellator and Ryzen from Japan um this will be happening at the saitama super arena in tokyo japan this is going to be sunday in japan yeah. but i believe like a saturday for us yeah no no it might sunday be the other way around as well? I, I dude i get this all fucking confused yeah. uh but anyway it's going to be headlined uh part of the uh the quarterfinals for the lightweight world grand prix um AJ McKee was supposed to fight Patricky Pitbull, yeah, fuck. but AJ McKee had to pull out uh, very recently due to a medical issue. Uh, no word yet on what that issue was, but stepping in for AJ is Roberto Satoshi de Souza and he will fight Patricky Pitbull in his place. And then AJ McKee moving forward will be an alternate in the Grand Prix just in case any of the other fighters can't continue. So the the show goes on, as they say, uh, if you guys don't know, Roberto uh, D'Souza, one of the few uh, fighters in MMA that just like has a really good guard for MMA, Sean, uh, one of those guys that I wouldn't be surprised if whenever he fights, when he, that he pulls guard, I don't think he's going to pull guard on Pachiki Pitbull, mm-hmm. someone who has real good base, really good stability, uh, and, and really, really explosive. Um, I'm going to look for Put Pitbull try to get the TKO stoppage here while D'Souza is going to be hunting for submissions how do you see this one playing out
0: I just feel like patricki is you know he's just a lot to deal with uh, but then again the change in opponent could you know throw a wrench in this you know Roberto mm-hmm, D'Souza mm-hmm. has a great chance to, 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 to win this fight and to kind of put his name out there so it's going to be interesting. I think I'm going to go with Petricky, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised as, surprised if uh, Roberto D'Souza does it.
1: Now, what's interesting is that this card is going to have, you know, obviously it's going to have Bellator fighters and Ryzen fighters on it. Bellator fighters, the Bellator part of the card is going to take place in the Bellator cage. What? Well, uh, the Ryzen fighters will be fighting in a Ryzen ring. So is there going to be okay. two of them? Like in I, the same... I, I believe so. It's like kind of next to each other. So I think it's going to be interesting because if you're grappling inside of a ring, the rules are different. No, not the rules, but the approach is different than if you're grappling on a cage. If you're grappling next to a cage, it's almost like a different martial art Mm -hmm, than like mm -hmm. your basic judo, your basic jujitsu. So I'm wondering if, him trying to grapple inside of a, a cage, a Bellator cage against Pachiki Pitbull is gonna affect Roberto de Souza. Um so I'm gonna go with Pachiki Pitbull here again because he's all tuned up. Roberto de Souza kind of coming in last minute, but I think always game. All these fighters that come out of Ryzen are always game to step up. Yeah. Uh there's also on this card a uh flyweight world championship. Um it's going to be the inaugural flyweight world championship for bellator uh kyoji horiguchi who we've talked about before on the show yeah. sean going up against makoto shinryu uh, horiguchi with a huge experience advantage at 35 fights uh, yeah. compared to 18 fights of makoto uh, uh shinryu, makoto shinryu also something of a grappling ace himself uh, but Horiguchi, I mean, frick, man! I kind of feel like this is set up for Horiguchi to oh, win, yeah, totally. Uh, because he's more ways to win. What do you think, Sean?
0: Yeah, I think uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. I think you know, there's no stopping that guy. If you're putting him against another Japanese dude, he's gonna win all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has something against his own countrymen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the uh, bantamweight feature bout on the card, Danny Sabatello versus your boy Magomed, Magomedov. Um, you know who I'm going with. Yeah, anything with an OV at the end of their name. That's Sean's guy. But Sabatello, watch out for this guy, guys. Um, it should be a good one, especially at Bantamweight. Uh, as we keep going forward, women's flyweight feature bout on the card is uh, Kana Watanabe versus Veta Archega. Um, this is going to be, again, at women's flyweight. Both about comparable in experience, uh, Watanabe. Japan native uh, Artiega from the USA, and the welterweight feature bout is going to be Andre Korshkov versus Lorenz Larkin. (laughs) Uh, uh, Lorenz Larkin, we talked about a little bit in the past. Kind of a, it's kind of up and down a little bit in terms of his performances. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, and they
0: also fought before. Like they fought back Mm. in 2019. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, and and, you know, uh, Korshkov lost that fight by split. So. We'll see what happens. I think, uh, you know, Lawrence Larkin, I think he's been kind of alternating wins and losses. So, who knows what's going to happen. I think uh, Korshkov probably takes this one for me.
1: Okay. Is it because of his name or because, like, uh, just because of Lawrence Larkin, you can't really depend on him. (laughs) So, that is also this weekend, Bellator and Ryzen. Guys, again, let me know what you think about this card, what your picks are, what your analysis is. And then just very quickly... Uh, We got to talk about this. Um, This is a boxing fight that's been years in the making for me. Uh, Errol Spence versus uh, Terrence Crawford will be fighting this Saturday. Uh, Two fighters, both of whom are undefeated. Both of whom have repeatedly shown the ability to finish their opponents at a high rate. Both have very specialized, unique styles To them. Uh, Just a brief kind of um, overview. Errol Spence is more of your kind of classic boxer, uh, someone who knows how to work the body, high volume of jabs to get inside and can just absolutely wear down his opponent. Crawford is more of kind of a tricky puncher style, someone who will switch his stance, a lot of head movement. Some of the things he does could be termed as incorrect in boxing, but he gets away with it just because of his ability, his athletic gifts, and also just the fact that he knows how to just find that range um, with his counter hook. And his straight left when he goes into a southpaw stance. Uh, Sean, I, I don't know how how excited you are about this one. I'm I'm super juiced for it because I've been waiting a long time for this for this matchup. Especially now, like you know, like a year from now, Crawford will be too old for this to be interesting to me. Right yeah, now is like yeah. the perfect time for this to be to happen. Who who do you got going for this one? I keep changing my mind every week. I'm gonna go Bud Crawford only
0: because uh, I feel like he's riding a big momentum. Uh, coming off all these big finished fights. And uh, I just think he has Spence's number. Mm,
1: mm. You know, it's kind of interesting you say that because like when you look at Terrence kind of, you could, when you look at Crawford's like athletic style, you could call it, you know, movement based Mm -hmm. angle changing, Errol Spence's approach is supposed to be what counters what Crawford does, you know, trapping them, working the body, like working and pu- being able to trap the person's body, like Errol Spence will do things where he actually will control his opponent's waist to prevent them from turning out away from him, so he can mm. keep working inside punches. But Crawford's like super tricky and knows how to avoid things like that in the past. But he has never fought someone like Spence, and no. Spence has never fought anyone like Crawford. That's and that's what, that's what just makes this so, so, so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah I just I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with Crawford just because. When Crawford smells blood like it, man, I've just never seen anybody that just could, could finish like him and just find that range. Uh, one of the things that could work against Crawford is that he's a little bit of a slow starter. Um, and if you give Errol Spence too much momentum early in the fight, he could start controlling the ring and start racking up the body punches and the points and, you know, how far are you going to let that fight go before he just gets before it gets away from you? So I think the key for Crawford is to make sure you start a little sooner than you're used to. And the key for Spence is to get in close and control Crawford's body. Don't let him step outside of you. Control yeah. that waist and keep working that body to limit Crawford's movement. I, I'm I'm just pumped for this one. Me I'm too. I'm just pumped. I'm pumped. Were you
0: able to Ugh. see the uh, Inawe fight?
1: The Inoue fight when he fought Fulton last weekend. Yeah, it was yeah, actually guys. on um, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, last week. Yes, yeah. Early. So, uh, yeah. Um, Inoue fought Fulton. We're talking boxing again, folks. And Inoue, a a wonder, a wonder boxer out of Japan, thirty years old, uh, with just unreal power. Uh, last a uh, couple days ago, fought in like his fourth weight division uh moving up fought Fulton Fulton who's a good fighter and he just made Fulton just look uh kind of ordinary and then got the the uh the stoppage in the eighth round I think Fulton felt Inoue's power early on and it just took Fulton's confidence away from him and then Inoue was just able to showcase his speed and his power control so, wh- what did you think when you saw that? I thought
0: it was a great fight. I think this might be a similar situation with uh, Bud Crawford and Errol Spence. You know, you were talking about how um, Crawford really knows how to work the body and kind of change levels and whatnot. You, Spence, you mean, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Spence. And um, it, I think that might be the case. I mean, there could be a case where uh, Spence might be a little too much for Crawford but I'm still going with Crawford, but you know, the fact that, um, was the name? Uh, and now he was, what, he started at 108 pounds or something like yeah, that. And freaking yeah. going up to 122, and like, yeah. God, the and fucking, he still kept his power. Yeah. The boxing weight classes power. are so fucking weird.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're, they're so close together. Yeah. Right. That's also one of the problems I guess they could say with boxing is just because there's so many weight classes, it's kind of hard to keep track of like, Who's the champion and who's the star of what? Yeah. Um, But let me tell you though, some of these. I mean, regardless that that being said though, I mean so these there are some exciting fighters that are out right now, and that we're not talking about some YouTube stars, y'all. We're talking about real fucking boxers. Um, I mean, no hate on the YouTube stuff, but I yeah. mean, I'm just telling you, like, what do you? I mean. Check out this fight if you guys can, guys. Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford this weekend. And also check out. A favor also check
0: out fucking BullCow versus Manny
1: Pacquiao. <laughs> oh, next year. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. So we'll I, talk about I, that I don't if that even, even exists. Gonna, I don't even believe that's gonna nah, happen. That's until not I happening. See it. I don't think it's gonna happen. That's not It's happening. too far, too far ahead. I don't think it's happening. No. <laughs> what you got going on this weekend, bro? A lot. There's a. Uh... I'm trying to get a date night on Friday with my wife. Cause we haven't been out. Yeah. So, Where are you guys uh, going? I mean, no, no, I'm not, maybe we shouldn't no. talk about it. So that way you guys don't stock.
0: We will be <laughs> at this restaurant called itria, which is owned by my wife's boss. He owns the building, but, uh, okay. He, uh, yeah, it's home to one of the, these, one of these really nice restaurants. So we're going to go check that out on Saturday. My son oh, has right on, a, uh, baseball game and my other son has jujitsu and he's really enjoying it. Um, Good. and then, Uh, Sunday, we're going to be, there's going to be a kind of like a hall, like I want to say holiday party, but kind of like an anniversary party from Magala Jiu Jitsu out there in Holly Park in Brunel Heights. So, uh, we're just getting all the members together and, uh, just kind of celebrating the gym. So we'll be out there. How about you, man?
1: Well, you know, again, substitute teaching tomorrow for, uh, jujitsu at 11 a.m. Come check me out, guys. Go how to Brazilian jujitsu and learn how jujitsu, jujitsu should not be taught. <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out. Um, got, um classes tomorrow, classes on Friday, doing a little bit of sparring uh, Friday night with the crew. Got a number of people from uh, Golden Pizza Muay Thai going, going to do the Muay Thai Development League nice. event on August 26. So excited for that. And then this weekend, just going to like lock myself in the room nah, <laughs> to, to get myself ready for UFC for 291, all this combat sports. Uh, Bellator and Ryzen and Crawford versus Spence. I'm going to be over overloaded with combat sports guys the only thing we're missing sean is some kind of big grappling event this weekend so all we needed so we have it. we're covering almost all the bases um so we just needed a big uh, i know you know there's one friday fights happening as well but that's that's (laughs) muay thai we just need like a grappling event to happen this weekend and then i'll be my brain will fucking explode so yeah, I'll be good to go. <laughs>
0: Funny you bring that up, dude. The last Friday night fights was actually pretty good. If you guys haven't seen it, it's on their YouTube. But man, there were some good fucking fights on there. One more thing before we go. Did you see the uh, the footage of Francis and Ganu hitting the heavy bag? no i didn't why what's what uh anything interesting there i mean i obviously it might be a cool down round we don't know the the, the backstory behind it but uh eric nixick his coach over at extreme couture posted a, a video of him hitting the bag and um it, let's just say the comments say a lot well i mean that you can't really read the comments because they talk so much shit right Oh, you mean be people
1: talk shit on the internet and social media show? Not what are at you talking all. about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but they were just saying that, you know, Francis does not look good. I mean, I, for me, you can't you can't judge that shit. So that's why I was asking if you seen it.
1: Yeah, like a few seconds clip of someone. Yeah, what the fuck is that gonna bag? Show, you know? I mean, come on. I mean, You still wouldn't want to be fucking punched no by that guy I don't care who the fuck you are uh, But yeah, but he's not winning a boxing fight Against Tyson Fury, I'll just say no, that no no. <laughs> no, no, no Just want to give a shout out
0: also to uh, Coach Rocky From Golden Pizza Muay Thai He showed me his new Instagram with the whole Muay Thai Was it Muay Thai shorts? Fuck, I forget what it's called But uh, I did start following him But that that's a pretty cool fucking collection of shorts he's got uh, what's, his,
1: a lot- what's the handle again? Here, let me see it we got to shout that
0: out. Sorry. It's called Mui Shorties. So Mui, like M-U-A-Y-S-H-O-R-T-I-E-S. And I told him, I was talking to him today and I told him my, my favorite pair of shorts that he had was the old school Ingram Gym fucking uh, shorts, which always inspired me when I was a young boy. Up and coming training Muay Thai aficionado, not aficionado. God
1: damn! Aficionado, young, <laughs> young, up and coming, totally new aficionado. Noob, <laughs> noob aficionado. A noob aficionado. Yeah. We got to make T-shirts that say that, Sean. There noob you go, aficionado. Noob aficionado. Brought to you
0: by the mighty Beast. That's what the, that's what this uh, episode is going to be called, noob aficionado. And uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to share and like the podcast as well. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore Pierre underscore. And yours, Carlo?
1: HopQ1 on Instagram. Uh,
0: don't forget to hit up, uh, check out, I'm sorry. Don't forget to check out Magala Jiu-Jitsu out in San Francisco. Fight Culture in Daly City. Omni Movement in Hercules and FTCC in Las
1: Vegas. Yo, check me out over at USA in San Francisco. We're with Carl Haldo Jiu-Jitsu. Also with our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. Uh, Also check out our homies uh, Pacific Ring Sports in Oakland and shout out to my boys at Omega Martial Arts, Matt and Ray are training hard, getting them ready for their next thing. And shout out to Coach, uh, or not Coach, but I should say Sensei John Rojas over at Tama Martial Arts in Phnomah. Shout out.
0: Anyway, uh, don't forget to hit those. uh, Don't forget to watch those fights, guys. There's a lot going on this weekend. Boxing, Muay Thai, MMA all over the place. It's going to be amazing. Bet your money, guys. Pay us. Take care, guys. Peace. Peace.